Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And while you were here, you might as well check out the Leads Podcast Network, where we have six, yeah, you heard it, six brand new shows, Monday through Saturday, each and every single week. You can listen to our podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And whenever you listen to them, we are there. We cover the NBA, the WNBA, and we even dip our toes into the NFL. Check us out because we're really good. Memphis, 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 What up, Grizz Nation, and welcome back to another episode of Grizz 901. I'm your host, Daniel Greer, and we're having another midweek show coming off a win against the Los Angeles GOAT, LeBron, those guys who are in attendance. If you're listening to this, please don't come back. We don't want that. And it was very fitting that you walked away in shame. You're a grown man. You're wearing a goat mask. You and all your friends decided it was a good idea to go out and look like that. No, no, just, just please don't. Not ever again. Don't do it. Not a good decision. You had your one chance. You messed up. You look bad. You look foolish. Sorry. You're grown. Get over it. But... Let's get into this week. It was a great game last night, but before we get into the game last night, we have to go all the way back and check out that Mavericks game. But something I want to talk to you about real quick is the Leeds Podcast Network. If you haven't listened to it, you're missing out. You're missing out. We have a show, me and Ryan, uh, as well as Cody with us, called Free Basketball. Go check it out. It's the Leeds Podcast Network. You can find it you know, pretty much all over my social media. But go check out the Lead SM on Twitter. You can check it out there. But just, just search the Leeds Podcast Network. Very easy. Pops up. We're going to have a spicy show Monday. I'm not sure exactly what topics we're going to hit. We're eventually going to hit kind of revisiting a lot of the awards, the player awards, and seeing who we think should actually win the award because it's pretty wide open uh, even on MVP, who a lot of people already think that Steph Curry, I think that Steph Curry should be the the MVP of the league so far. But there's so many others. I'm going to 100% say that my most improved player should be Desmond Bain. And if you have not checked out the betting odds, if you're a betting person, a lot of places still have Desmond Bain at plus 10,000. Plus 10,000 for him to win. Just in the last three days, on one site, I think it was FanDuel, he's moved up from plus 10,000 to plus 8,000. So he's moving up. And I know John Rant's probably his second best odds so far. He's like plus 350. Ja is great. But I think he'll get consideration for other awards. So if you get a chance, I think Desmond Bain might be the sneaky odds-on favorite with huge odds right now. I'm not saying the odds on favor overall. With just huge odds. Desmond Bain is amazing. But anyway, we're going to talk about that. If not, we're going to talk about other spicy topics. So the next two weeks, there'll be two different episodes. 
coming out on Mondays. They will both be good because we've already got some stuff in the works for those. But also another place you want to check out is the is Bet the Lead. It's at Bet the Lead. If you like betting at all, go check out at Bet the Lead. I run a portion of it. I run all of it for the most part, but I run a portion of it. I'm kind of the brains behind all of it. Trey is our props guy. Ryan is our spreads and over-unders. We have other guys behind the scenes making things look good and doing things that make people money. And so that's what we're doing. And I hope you will join us there. We're grown a lot in the last just month. We've been uh, just kind of taking over that. So go check it out. If you're not following, I promise you, you're not making money betting. All right, let's get into the first game that we came across, and this was a spicy take game. It was a game that people all over Grizz Twitter were kind of battling, and I thought it was very, very funny that we had some accounts, and I won't mention their names, but some accounts were trying to be the guy who, you know, wanted to to act a certain way. They want to show that they, they're smarter than everyone else. And, well, I, I'm just going to say that they're not right. And they're not the smartest person in the room. They want to be go against what everybody else says. They want to go against that the Grizzlies weren't affected by the fouls because they weren't shooting well. Well, I'm going to go ahead and get out my soapbox. And I'm going to stand on it before I even get into the game. We all know how the game went. Plain and simple, the game was ugly. It was terrible. It was not really a Grizzly-style game. It was more the Luka Doncic show, and it was, and that's fine. Luka is a superstar in this league. Everybody knows that. Luka is amazing. That's why they call it Luka Magic. Luka's awesome. I love the Mavericks fan base. Nothing against the Mavericks, the fan base, the team, anyone. I have no ill will. My only issue with this whole game was the referees. Did the Grizzlies shoot well? No. Did the refs suck? Yes. And when, if you look at the game, when exactly did the tide kind of turn? It was after halftime. And I I don't exactly know why. Luka got a a technical right before halftime. They came out after halftime. They shot the shot. And ever since then, the game looked absolutely one-sided. And it wasn't that bad where, oh my God, the fouls discrepancy was just so crazy. It wasn't that, okay? We're not going to go that crazy. It was bad on both ends. But what happened was, is the Grizzlies, they got screwed. Two times it was on review. One was due to the rule. The rule of of the shot, when you hit somebody's hand after they release the ball, it's not supposed to be a foul per the rule. The rule is wrong. If you listen to Brevin Knight, when you're shooting and your hand is coming through, following your shot, your hand loses some of that if you're not able to follow through properly, if you're not able to shoot the ball. That's why the shot was short. Why else would Jaron Jackson shoot an air ball from four, four feet? That doesn't make sense. The air ball was like four foot short of the entire goal. Porzingis didn't block it, so why, why, if it doesn't affect his his shot, why is it a rule still? Okay, it's an outdated rule. It's not. It does not make sense. I think it's the spirit of the rule is is wrong. Okay, because they were they were thinking that once you come through, if you still hit their hand, 
it's okay. Well, that is absolutely wrong. As well as the other one who they reviewed, and it was a clear path foul. Conchar had control of the ball. He was dribbling it. He doesn't have to have a real dribble. He pushed the ball out and was going to continue to dribble when he was fouled. That should have been the shot and the ball. It should have been, and not just a regular foul. So that spirit of the rule, that rule, it was wrong as well. They got them both wrong. It wasn't the referee saying it was wrong. It wasn't even New York saying it was wrong. They had to make it correct to the actual rule. So overall, those two in particular, they sucked. But it wasn't nothing against the referees. It was just part of the game. It was going against us. The other foul calls that were just just blatantly bad on one end compared to the other at times, it was just one of those games that is frustrating. And when you're frustrated as a player, it's hard to really get into a rhythm, especially if there's so many foul calls. You can't get up and down the floor good. You can't get into a rhythm. And that probably happened because of maybe just some referee that has not been really good. Uh, there's a guy named Kit, Ken Smithhart said, your friendly reminder, and this is on Twitter, your friendly reminder that a few years back when the Grizz had a more than 50 wins, they were 0-7 in games officiated by John Goble. John Goble. Some, uh, another guy said Daniel Barak, I think his name is. Uh, the 14-15, the Grizzlies were 55-27. and 27. Uh, John Goble officiated six of those 87 games, and the Grizzlies were 0-6. Like, it, they even did a playoff game. The Grizzlies were 0-1 in the playoff game. Like, it's ridiculous that John Goble is, he referees this bad against the Grizzlies. Is it because of their play style? I don't know. I really don't know the reason, but it doesn't make sense. But it just shows me that maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something there. And to all the other people who are practically stat nerds and they think, well, because they shot so bad, that's my that's my stat nerd's voice, because they shot so bad, the Grizzlies didn't have a chance to win. Okay, correct. They shot bad. They shot bad because they could not get into a flow of the game. The referees dictated that game. They slowed the game down due to fouls. When the game gets slowed down, who did that benefit? That benefited one Luka Doncic. Nobody else on that team was good. The Mavericks team, I'm sorry Mavericks fans, I love you. Your entire team as a whole is not good. Luka is amazing. If you don't have Luka, you're very, very average. When I say average, you're a 9-10 seed max. You're not very good at all. Without KP, you're a bottom two team in the league. Your team is not good. I hate that because I really wish this team was good, but they're constructed very, very badly. But not to get off on that, let's get back to the stats. And I had a, on on Twitter, msavage901, msavage901 said something, and I think it was practically profound and they said, stats are like bikinis. They show a lot, but they don't show everything. One more time. Stats are like bikinis. They show a lot, but they don't show everything. 
So I hope you listen to that. I'm going to put that uh, probably above my bed. I don't know. In my office. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that made. I'm going to put it on some wood. Stats are like bikinis. They show a lot, but they don't show everything. I'll probably never forget that. So shout out to you. I said you I'd put you on the put you on the pod because I thought that was uh, amazing. But it just shows that you can look at stats and you can look at a box score and you can look at all these different things. But when you have played the game at any level, high level if possible, you understand the flow of the game. If you can't get into your flow of the game, why is that? If you're not shooting well, why is it? Because you're not in your flow of the game. That's why I thought the Grizzlies shot bad. They weren't in their flow of the game. And it was just one thing after another, the referees taking them out of the flow of the game. And in the end, I'm not saying the refs are the reason they lost. They could not get to their flow, which messed up their shot, which entirely the game got frustrating for them, as you can tell, with all the technical fouls. But let's get into it real quick. 104-96 loss to the Mavericks. The Grizzlies shot 13 more shots overall. So they did well. It's just 40% from the field. When Mavericks shot 48, decent, right? Good. 29% for the Grizzlies from three, not good. Nine of 31. And three-point percentage from the Mavs was okay. It was 36%. Free throw percentage was not good for the Grizzlies at 60. And the defensive rebounds for the Mavericks were way, way up, okay? Grizzlies were not able to rebound, but also that number, if you look at it, it was jacked up a little bit because the Grizzlies had more shots, as I talked about earlier, plus 13. The Grizzlies are still doing a good job of getting steals and getting out on the break, and they still did that, and this game was 14 steals. So overall, not a bad game. It was just one of those things where their shots weren't falling, the flow of the game was just completely screwed up. Luka Doncic, as I talked about earlier, 26 points, 7 assists, 8 rebounds, 5 of 10 from deep. He shot the ball very, very well. He controlled the game, and he really didn't do a whole lot. It was just a little bit and kind of controlled the game there wasn't nothing spectacular that he did it was just he felt like every time he was in the game he was the man that's why he was plus 18 and the pretty much the rest of his guys were were small pluses if not negatives but he did have nine turnovers and I think that's what's going to hurt Luca in the future and it continues to hurt him he has the ball so much and he's so lackadaisical because that's his style he sometimes gets lazy on passes and lazy with the ball and then complains, and then it's kind of a you know snowball effect, one thing after another. Jaron Jackson Jr., good game out of him. I, that's the only person I'm going to mention, but 26 points, 7 rebounds. He was just 2 of 7 from deep, but overall, good rebounds out of him. I, I like the way Jaron's playing. Jaron is playing like the storm. As he said, be the storm. Don't weather the storm, be the storm. Jaron is absolutely just showing that and showing out. Let's get to the Lakers game. 108-95 loss. I have I have something I have to be honest with. We have a uh, Discord channel with Beth the Lead. And during the middle of the game, I wrote in there, go ahead and take the Lakers minus five and a half. They are going to win this game by 10 plus points. And this was right after the first quarter a little bit. The Lakers just looked like they were dominating the Grizzlies. LeBron was just on fire. He just he looked like he could control this game by himself, which he was. And then the Grizzlies took on their bench. And I and I even was the one who put out the tweet through Grizzly 
and I was and I simply said the the Lakers starters are very very good, but their bench is suspect. If you can just stay in the game, just allow them to let you stay in the game into the fourth quarter, you have a chance at winning. Well, the Grizzlies took advantage of their bench and. Shout out to our bench guys who played so, so great. They really took advantage of that, and they got the lead by halftime. Okay, at halftime, my other honesty, the Grizzlies were, the, the sorry, the Lakers were plus one and a half at minus one. I think it's minus 105. Who knows? But they were my, uh, plus one and a half. So you're giving me plus one and a half, you know, points to go against the Grizzlies, who I thought they dominated, except for the bench unit kind of got them out of their rhythm, and it looked weird. Okay, so I took it again doubled down against my Grizzlies. And I don't usually bet on the Grizzlies as a team. I'll do prop bets. I won't bet on them as a team because I hate I hate mixing in my my real fan biased thoughts into my betting thoughts, my money. And when they first came out of the third quarter, six straight points for the Lakers. I thought, all right, here we go. We're it's back to normal, right? This is how the game is gonna go. I believe they made their adjustments. The Grizzlies, if they don't make the proper adjustments and don't play with the, the right energy, this game is going to get out of hand, as I said in the first quarter. So I'm thinking, no, no big deal. The bets are going to go good. And what do you know? These Grizzlies just continue to show out. And I'm, I'm so proud of these guys. And we'll talk about them in a second. But these bench guys, um, as well as the whole entire team, we're without Dylan Brooks, who got scratched late due to COVID. But, but people stepped up. People stepped up, and that's really what how it's been for the Grizzlies. They continue. Someone new keeps stepping up. Santi Aldama didn't even play in this game. They went another direction. Let's get into the stats. The Grizzlies took 16 more shots overall. They shot 43%, 14 of 42 from beyond three. Uh, the Lakers, 12 of 30. They didn't shoot a lot, but they did shoot for 40%, so it wasn't too terrible. Uh, both teams shot bad, you know, free throw line and the rebounds, they were pretty much spot on, 45 and 47. The offensive rebounds is what's the difference. And that's where the 16 shots come in. But 14 offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies. Seven more than the Lakers. That's Steven Adams for you. The steals, also another reason why the Grizzlies had more shots. 18 steals in the game. The Grizzlies made the Lakers have 22 turnovers. And the Grizzlies only 13. That is beautiful. Having under 15 turnovers is great. Making the other team have 20 plus is, is awesome. So, so shout out to those guys. Uh, still want to get more points in the paint, but that really is where the, the Lakers, their style of play was. They wanted to make you shoot those shots, and they did. Luckily, the Grizzlies got out you know, at times and made the shots if needed. So let's head into the Lakers real quick. 22 points and eight rebounds for Anthony Davis. One assist. And I heard that there was speculation or somebody's talking about the, the Lakers broadcast making fun of Jaron Jackson Jr. for only having one assist. Okay. Anthony Davis, who gets paid a lot more money, supposed to be a top five player in the league, he had one assist. Okay. Let's just be honest. I, I know that Jaron had zero assists in this game, but why are we making fun of a player when your player isn't even doing that well either? Like, come on. You, you, you're better than that. LeBron James, who controlled the game, 20 points, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, a triple-double, only one of six from deep. So it really wasn't him that was making the three-point shots. And Anthony Davis actually shot four, went one of four. The biggest thing I want to talk about is LeBron had five turnovers and Russell Westbrook six turnovers. 
the Grizzlies were getting up on them and actually making them create or, or, or making them have turnovers. And that was very big. And it wasn't our main guys. It was the bench unit. One of their guys was Avery Bradley. He guarded Desmond Bain really, really well. And so I want to shout him out because he used to be a Grizzly, played really well, was kind of, you know, teetering in and out of the league, depending on, you know, if he's on the end of a bench, finally got with the Lakers and he's playing better defensively. He's kind of playing within himself, which you need someone to do that when you're playing alongside LeBron, but also Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook. Avery Bradley is in a very, very good fit with among the trio because he doesn't need the ball. He went 2-2 two two from deep. He went 4-5 or five overall in the game. Three rebounds, two steals. You know, what else do you want the guy to do? He was really a plus seven. What Russell Westbrook, minus 16. Anthony Davis, minus two. It, it looks out of sync for them. All right, let's get into our Grizzlies who are not out of sync. Jaron Jackson Jr., who is the Storm, 25 points. He had two fouls early. It looked weird, and that's really the, the reason that I feel like the Lakers ended up getting up was he had to go out of the game. He finished with three fouls, which shows that he's maturing. He didn't allow that to continue on, and that's really the most important thing you can do as a professional is to just understand Yes, it all screwed up. It's all, you know, no big deal. I'm going to adjust how I play. I'm going to make sure I stay within myself, and that's what he's doing. Another good game offensively out of him, as well as uh, Steven Adams' rebounds. He had 13 rebounds overall. Eight rebounds, eight were offensive rebounds. That's really where he really is so good at his game is being able to rebound on the offensive end. It's so good. And that's where he is just wrecks havoc against the other teams. All right. The other guy I'm going to shout out is Desmond Bain, who I think is going to be the most improved player this year. 23 points. 5 of 11 from deep. The guy is still so just doing so much, especially with Dylan out and Jaw. He's having to step up. He's having to be the man. And really, there's a lot of people, such as Avery Bradley, uh, that are getting up and playing in him. So he isn't able to get his shot off as much. He didn't do that. He didn't shoot a whole lot from beyond the three in the Mavericks game. And that's kind of, you know, kind of looked weird. He wasn't able to get up and take his shot quick. Well, in this game, he went five of 11. He finally got up and got his shot off. So um, shout out to the bench guys. They averaged between the five a plus 11. Plus 11. That's really where it comes down to. Our whole entire bench, those five guys, Kyle Anderson, Killian Tilly, Xavier Tillman, John Conchar, Jarrett Culver. Man, it's just so good to see these young guys who love playing. Just they aren't playing, you know, big minutes. They all played under 20 minutes. Nothing crazy. But they had plus 11. They made sure when they were on the court, we were a better team. Xavier Tillman, four steals. John Conchar, three steals. Jarrett Culver, two steals and a block. John Conchar, three of four from beyond the three-point line. It, it was just, it's so great. Every every player had five points or more. It, it was just, it was one of those games that you look at and say, they're finally showing up. They're finally learning to kind of play within themselves. And that's really what that bench unit is doing. And that's really what's saving this team. Th- this Grizzlies team, without John Morant, was written off for dead. I thought that they might go 3-10 and 10 in the 13 games that I expected Jaw to miss, and that has not been the case. So shout out those guys. 
I know there's uh, on the horizon, we have the Rockets. And we're going to talk about them now because the Rockets are on a seven-game win streak. Seven games. When you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to it on Friday. It's been a, a late. I you know, haven't been able to put this out early. Work's been crazy, so I apologize that I have a real life. But uh, work has been crazy for me. But I'm putting it out finally, finally, finally on Friday. So you're going to get this. And tonight they do take on uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. So it will be a back-to-back with travel. They're playing at home against Milwaukee. But after the game tonight, let's say 11, 12, they're going to take a flight up to Grizzlies. And we're going to have, and we'll play them Saturday. The game is a regular normal start time at seven. So they're going to get in late after a back to back. They've already won seven in a row. If they lose this game or win this game, I don't think it matters how it affects them at all, honestly. And I really think that the Grizzlies will be at minimum favored by four and a half in this game. But but who knows? But I definitely think it could be a four and a half point spread, and I expect the Grizzlies to cover that if it is that low. Uh, but the but the Rockets are eight and sixteen at the moment, and as I said, seven in a row, seven of those eight. Wow, that's crazy! And all without Jalen Green, they do take forty uh, plus three pointers per game, and they're first in pace. So they're going to get up and down, and they're going to shoot the ball a whole lot from beyond three. And if you look at the percentages. They are almost a 50-50 split, whether they're taking a two or a three. Within their shots, they're shooting 49% beyond the beyond the three-point line, and 51% of their offense is from the two-point line, so inside the three-point line somewhere. So pretty much every shot that they take is 50-50, either it's inside the three or outside the three. The Grizzlies are you know not too far away, but the Grizzlies take – you know, six two six two and a half percent of their offense is inside the three point, and only thirty seven and a half outside. So that's a better split. That's why they have so many paint points. Um, and let's get into the last meeting that the Grizzlies had with Houston. The Rockets shot twenty nine percent beyond three. If they're taking forty, right, twenty nine percent is not great. Uh, they shot thirty eight percent. You know, within the two point area, uh, they did have fourteen offensive rebounds. So that's something to watch. Uh, do you, you know, just making sure we're able to stay back and rebound better as a team as we have been. That's very important. That last game, the Grizzlies had 70 points in the paint. So they will let you get in the paint. And I know it's a different team, but their defensive stats haven't changed a whole lot. They're just scoring a little bit better and they're playing a little bit better. So you can still get into the paint on them, especially with Jaron, especially with Steven Adams. A lot of these guys, if we can get fast break points, to which we had 30 fast break points in the last game. That is very important. Uh, they just played the the Nets, and the Nets had uh, only nine. Nine fast break points. That was a slow, weird game. Uh, but 14 steals for the Grizzlies in that last game. So continuously pushing the narrative of getting up and down the floor, but also being good defensively. That's the most important thing. I looked at the last seven games defensively and offensively, but mainly we're going to talk about defensive stats real quick and how the Grizzlies can you know get the win. This Houston team is not going to be a pushover, and that's fine. But let's read you their, their metrics and their ratings in the last seven games. Houston, a defensive rating of 111. So it's not, it's not great at all. And the Grizzlies have a defensive rating of 94. 
the Rockets in the last seven games have given up 112 points per game. So they're going to allow you to score a little bit. So 112 points per game, that means that on average, that's what they're giving up. More or less, obviously, but on average, 112. The Grizzlies, 93 points per game. That's really been a key factor in them winning. And I'll explain why in one second, but 93 points per game. If you look at this, uh, the last seven games of these teams, steals, Houston, they average six. The Grizzlies, 12. So they're doubled up. So they're, they're playing better defensively than the Grizzlies are. Opponents points off of turnovers, 21 for the Houston. So Houston's allowing their other teams to get 21 points off turnovers. The Grizzlies are only allowing 16 points off their turnovers. All right, the second chance points. Houston's giving up 17 second chance points a game, and Grizzlies only 10. So they're playing better defensively and actually managing when these other teams, when they do get these offensive rebounds, they minimize those and minimize the scores. And then the opponent's points in the paint, as I talked about earlier, the Grizzlies had 70 in the last meeting. Well, Houston averages giving up 51 points in the paint to their opponents. 51. The Grizzlies only 34. So that tells me that nothing has really changed a whole lot. The Grizzlies can still get into the paint. They're going to still get steals. They're going to be able to get off, you know, on in transition off of the turnovers and fast break points. The Grizzlies just have to be very active on the defensive end because they're going to shoot their threes. There's going to be long rebounds. They just have to be able to rebound and get up the floor. When they when Houston gets the rebound, they're going to do the exact same thing. They're not stealing the ball a whole lot. They're not making it hard for you to, to score. As, you, as you've seen, they're giving up 112 points per game. If you score, okay, they're taking it out of the basket and they're still pushing up the floor. If you miss, they're getting the rebound and pushing up the floor. That's really what it comes down to for their offense, and that's really what they're going to do. And when they get on the offensive end, they're going to get to the hole, they're going to try to throw up a two-point shot, or they're going to just pull it up from three. The one thing I want to pay attention to is they're also passing the ball well. Uh, what they're doing on most of their three-point shots, they are assisting on those three-point shots. So you're not going to see a whole lot of you know breaking somebody down one-on-one. This game is going to be much of passing and hitting the open man. So the Grizzlies have to have to play better defensively kind of on a string as people talk about. So if one person goes guard someone, the other person needs to make sure they recover and not leave somebody open. They're making sure that they're making the extra pass to hit the the person that is open for the three-point shot. That's why they have a high percentage, but that's how their offensive flows. The Grizzlies, they're doing the same thing on 93%, but they're not taking nearly as many three-point shots as Houston. So let's get into uh, the opponent's points per game. And offensively, Houston is scoring 119 points per game. Okay, if you take away that triple overtime game where they scored 149, they're only scoring 114 points per game. So we're going to use that 114 points per game. So they're giving up 112 and they're scoring 114. Well, if you look at the Grizzlies, they're averaging 112 points per game. But if you take away that Thunder game when they scored 152, they're actually only scoring 105 points per game. So I think that's the better number. The Grizzlies are scoring 105 points per game while giving up 93. So that's a big margin. Their defense has been spectacular during this seven-game stretch. The seven-game stretch for the winning streak for Houston, they're scoring 104. 
114 while only giving up 112. So they're closer to their margins. I want to make sure that people understand this game is going to be fun. It's going to get up and down the floor. But it will be a game that the Grizzlies can win defensively. It's not about the offense. They want to score because we know that Houston is going to score. But if we can somehow get our flow of the game by getting those, you know, our active hands and getting steals, that's how you're going to win the game against Houston. You get on them early, they're still going to shoot their shots, right? They're still going to shoot from beyond the three-point line. They're going to throw up 43 pointers, if not more. They're going to do that. But the best thing you can do is get out and get in transition and get to the front of the rim. Because if you're able to do that, they're having to take the ball out of the basket, which allows you to get back. So getting to the getting to the rim is going to be the biggest key. If they can get back to having 70 points in the paint, that's really where it comes down to the Grizzlies can continue to win. They're going to continue to hit them in the mouth right into the paint. So I think that's the key to the victory. I hope you understand, you know, kind of a little bit more of the statistics side. I'm learning to be more of a stats guy. I'm more of an eyes of what I see, okay? But sometimes stats do tell a little, but as we know, they don't tell everything, just like bikinis. All right, let's get into best bets. If you're listening to this, it's on a Friday, and you want to hit some best bets tonight, I have two fun parlays for you. They're going to kind of intertwine a little bit. But the first one is a double-double. You can find this on DraftKings. We don't like DraftKings. I agree. I don't like them either. But they're the only people that have double-doubles. But we're going to go into the double-double machine. And that's going to be Jonas Valanciunas, who's our guy. And then you pair him with DeMontis Sabonis. DeMontis Sabonis. I know he's been a topic of conversation for Grizz Twitter for a while, so I figured why not include him. Well, those two, they are having 20... Of the 27 games, they've had a double-double this year. So 74, 74%. And both of the opponents, they're in the bottom half of rebounds allowed. So they're going to give up rebounds to the other team. So these are a, a big key uh, for these two guys to get their double-double. They're both scoring over 10 you know, on a consistent basis. But 20 of the 27 games, they've hit the rebound mark. And that's going to give you those two guys. Uh, should be a minus 120. So go check it out. Go hit those. If you want to... Over, over. If you want to intertwine another two and make it a plus 303, will you add those two, Valanchunas and Sabonis, and get two more people? And I'm going to go with Jared Allen, who he's hit this eight of his last nine games, and the T-Wolves are 28th in rebounds allowed. So they're one of the bottom, bottom dwellers in rebounds allowed. They're going to let you have rebounds. So Jared Allen, next to the basket. I know Cat plays out. But I still feel like Jared Allen can get an easy, easy double-double here because it's, it, it, they're going to give them to him. Another one that I like, and that's probably one of my more favorite that goes underrated, but James Harden. And the reason I put him is because he is a dual threat at double-doubles. And the reason I say that is because he can rebound and assist. He can go over 10 in either rebounds or assists in any game. He's doing this at a 65% uh, double doubles on the entire year. Same with Jared Allen, 65%. Jared, as I said, went eight of the last nine games. So that's good. Well, this, he's gone 16 of his last 19 games. He's he's had a double double, either in assists or rebounds. And that's the great thing with, with uh, James Harden. 
is he can get both in either way. And the Hawks, they're 25th in an assist per loud. So if you're looking at another stat, if you want to go with assists for James Harden, go check it out. I want to say the line is minus 10.5, though, so don't go too quickly. I would rather go double-double and pair him with these. So we're going to hit those four guys at a plus 303 for double-doubles. That's JV, DeMontis Sabonis, James Harden, and Jarrett Allen. One more I'll give you, and since I'm in the parlay king right now, we're going to give you one that's plus 140, and that is Jared Allen turnovers at plus one and a half. So you, I'm sorry, not plus one and a half. You want to go over one and a half. So you want him to have two turnovers in a game. And then our guy, Herb Jones, Herbert Jones, the friend, sidekick of JV, over 0.5 blocks. So you want him to have one block, and you want to have Jared Allen have two turnovers. We've been on this for probably the last three or four games. They've kind of been in sync a lot. And I think we've hit this four of four in a row. So let's make it five of five in a row. And let's keep the train rolling. If you want more of these bets, go join our Discord channel. You can find it in the profile over at Bet the Lead. But either way, join us. Have fun with us. Make some money over at Bet the Lead. Also, you can check me out. I am at Daniel Greer, just my name, and then the Grizz lead, at Grizz underscore lead. Go check out uh, the lead sports media at the lead SM. We've got a lot of things going. I hope you will continue to still hang out with us. Follow Grizz lead. I've been running a lot of that social media a lot lately during games because, one, it's, it's fun. But, two, I get to express a little bit about how I feel while keeping it positive and a little insightful during the game because I think that's really... Uh, these Grizzlies fans, we're a basketball town, okay, and we're smart at basketball. So I think it's very good to share some insight into what I see since I, I see the game differently than some others. But uh, but that's all I have. Went a little bit longer this week, and I think it's because of my soapbox. We'll call it my soapbox issue this week. But that's all we have. We'll be back Monday. Come back, subscribe, tell your friends. We want you to hang out with us. We want your friends to hang out with us. But that's all we have uh, this week. Have a great weekend. Go Grizz. Be nice and tell your friends.